Hi, and welcome to episode 132 of No Crying in Baseball, the suitcase full of swag episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. I didn't look at the title before you said that. I love that. I can't wait to get my swag. And I'm here to say that if you're out there missing baseball, that means you're missing baseball. We've been watching baseball. We've been watching live baseball. We've been watching live baseball coming at us from Taiwan. And, uh, and and texting a little bit between it, right? Yeah, and it's weird because um, with the time change, I'm having baseball with my coffee instead of baseball with a beer. And it's still working. It's not quite a one-for-one change, but um, yeah, it's okay. It's pretty fun. I think it's kind of a nice way to start the day. You know, in that um, Nats reunion thing, when Gerardo Parra was in Japan, it was morning for him and he was drinking a beer. They God, did like that so Zoom uh, while watching the game. and uh, The patron yeah. saint of no crying in baseball. <laughs> so if he can do it, good enough for him, good enough for us. I was happy that um, the the Lions, because I'm a forever Lions fan, dear, dear listeners, as you might know, the Lions won the past two games against the Monkeys who had been raking. And everybody's really on that monkey bandwagon. But Patty, you were there first. You were there before everybody started following the Monkeys. And they were undefeated until those two losses to the Lions. So it's really pretty exciting. And and that sort of pattern of, you know, winning everything and then all of a sudden losing two and the second one they lost badly is kind of like a, a picture of an individual game where mm-hmm. the, the fortunes swing, you know, inning to inning. So it's really pretty entertaining. And the best thing about it is when I woke up at 7 and I knew the game had started at 5 a.m. our time, I thought – it's Taiwanese baseball. It's going to go forever. So I went down, I made my coffee and made my breakfast and 7.30. I turned it on and sure enough, it's still in the fifth inning. Yeah, it's really a good scene. It's definitely a good scene. And hang on till the end of this broadcast because you will be listening to Daniel Shi, a friend of ours now in Taiwan, telling us all about Taiwanese baseball. But you know what? They have basketball going on too. Have you heard about this? I have seen that go by and have not paid attention. What am I missing? You're missing a team called the Beer. And the Beer are Get wa- out. Yes. And I already, I hope this is okay. I spoke for both of us on Twitter when I claimed the Beer as our forever team because how can it not be? How so can it not be? We are beer fans. I want beer merch, that's for sure. But the beer you speak for me like 85% of the time, unqualified, <laughs> absolutely, you speak for me. Yeah, at least 85%. Well, with this, in, in this case, I kind of felt like the, it swung. I kind of knew where you, you stood on this issue. Um, and th- they could be champions by now. They're one, one game away from winning the championship. I hope it goes their way because, yes, I want beer champion merch. <laughs> yes, of course you do. <laughs> on today's show, we have that interview with Daniel Shi about CPBL. We're going to talk about that Red Sox decision. We're catching up on fake baseball and also the postponement of more real baseball. Minor leagues are agreeing to get the shaft. And we're going to do some cross-training with some questionable NBA decisions. So much going on that uh, they so much going on that they finally announced the Red Sox punishment or the results of the investigation, right? And and we've been waiting for this since since a long time, since the January. Astros, basically, right? They announced in Astros- January that they were going to investigate the Red Sox. And it seemed like for a while we were on the watch. Like every week we'd say, all right, it hasn't come out yet. And then we kind of forgot about it. And they finally came out with it. And it's either very anticlimactic or very fishy or both. And I'm saying this is a Red Sox fan, but eh, it's all being blamed on the video dude. 
C.J. Watkins, who, according to the report, occasionally illegally shared game feeds in the replay room. So he's watching the replay um, on the video. So he can figure out the signs that is going on. So it said that he occasionally shared information with a couple of players, I don't know how many, of course they're not named, who would come into the replay room during games. And right there, you know, going into the replay room during a game is not a good thing to begin with. And interestingly, the replay room at Fenway Park used to be further away from the dugout. 2018 was the first year that it came closer. They moved it right nearby. So I guess it was easier for the guys to stop in. So I don't know. He's suspended without pay for this year. He can't work in the replay room next year. But that's it for an actual person getting any blame, right? And they lose, as a a team, their only punishment is they lose a draft pick. So there it is. And I know you get a lot to add about it because it's fishy. There's so much fishy. Yeah, let me add a little bit more detail. So this um, CJ Watkins is has two jobs. And this is the crux of the problem right here is he has two jobs. One of them is the advanced scouting assistant, which means he reviews game videos to do things like decode signs, but in the way that is fair. It's like from past games and all of that. And he supplies the guys like ahead of time. This is what we learned from previous games. So if you're out there, watch for this. And that stuff is totally fair. He's also the video replay coordinator, which means he is watching what is what was in 2018 a real-time game feed. That is no longer a real-time feed. So right there, you would think that somebody from the team would have some responsibility for hiring that guy to do both of those jobs. Like, do those jobs always come together? I can't imagine that they would. It makes no it sense. Is a, it's a cost-saving thing. And actually, oh, it does. Apparently, other teams also have the same guy doing both because he's doing the same work in a lot of ways. He is watching the video and he is decoding the signs. So he even said, because he watched the game feeds during the entire game, this is a quote from the report. He was able to determine during the game when the sign sequences he provided to players prior to the game were wrong. Like, Oh look, I'm watching. I told the guys it was this. It's not this. It's actually this, but he's denying responsibility. Like he doesn't think he should be punished. Well, he's denying that what he did was wrong. Yeah. And that's, an, uh, that's another one of the problems I'm going to talk about in just one second. Um, one thing that's an issue, why, why the, the, um, the punishment is so much less severe than the Astros is because it was less prevalent because they weren't banging a trash can to every batter. They only conveyed this information when there was a runner on second base. Yeah, it so was under 20%. Like, yeah, it's that so means. small, right? It's so small. Still illegal, but so small. Mm-hmm. The opportunity is super small. But the front office is completely off the hook on this. And I mm-hmm. find that fascinating. Yep. Number one, this is the second offense for the Red Sox, right? They were warned after the Apple Watch thing, which one article I read said that in the report, I still haven't seen the report itself, that Watkins was also involved in the Apple Watch incident, which I think is fascinating. Huh. It's The report says that Dave Dombrowski was not disciplined because, quote, he adequately informed all employees of compliance rules and importance. And if that were true, how come, you know, a bunch of the players that were interviewed said, oh, we didn't think anything was wrong. Why did Watkins himself say, I didn't think anything that I did was actually wrong. So that's 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 part of the fishy category that you explained. It's like we're letting the whole front office off. Because we said, oh, no, they did their job, not like the Astros. 
these people knew what the rules were and they were going to follow the rules. Well, but they didn't. Now, did they? Um, Many players told my investigators that they were unaware that in-game sign decoding from the replay station had been prohibited in 2018 and 2019, quote from the report. It's like, well, I don't think you did a great job of conveying that if that's the case. So Alex Cora was suspended, right? And remember when the Astros report came out, he was implicated, but they didn't issue any consequences to him yet because it was pending the Red Sox investigation to see if he would be punished for more than just the Astros thing. They decided, nope, only the Astros. So he's suspended for this season, which everybody apparently is suspended for anyway, because there isn't a 2020 <laughs> season yeah. right now. So there's that. So it's really, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. And, you know, even a lot of like the Boston news sources are saying, this doesn't seem right. How could the front office not have known? How could more people not know? At least 11 players said this was absolutely happening. So much smaller scale. No one denies it was a much smaller scale than the Astros thing. And yet also still breaking the, you know, the rules as they were, as they were, you know, explained, but yeah, it's weird. And also people are, are digging on the fact that it was released right before the, um, the NFL draft. Like it was like burying the news in, in other news. People say like, hey, this shiny thing is not happening for you. This bigger shiny thing is happening. Don't pay attention to this. People paid attention. Anyway. Yeah, I think a lot of people were saying that's why it wasn't coming out for so long. They're like waiting for something that could serve as that shiny thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know that we're done with that yet. I have a feeling there'll be more conversations about this later on, but that's what we got so far. I did my homework. Can I talk about that? <laughs> Please do. So you had said in our last episode that you had no interest in actually watching the Dream Bracket or MLB The Show. So I promised to check them both out. And I did a wee bit. And I have to say that you really have a point there. So the Dream Bracket, <laughs> for anyone who wasn't tuned in last week, is this matchup that MLB is doing of each team's dream, dream team. And just reading the rosters is really a blast. Like it's who would have been the best player at every position for your team throughout all history. So for the Red Sox, it's like Ted Williams and Carlton Fisk and Nomar Garcia Parra. Um, and Mookie Betts, probably. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So the, the outfield is wild because uh, Carl Yastrzemski did not make the outfield because Ted Williams. So it's like he's on the bench. So it's wild to see like these killer teams. I want to say right now that I know the Yankees are going to win. I mean, the Yankees win historically. It's just that's the fact I still hate them, but I'm going to concede right now that they will probably win. It's down to the final eight, and that starts on Tuesday, which is the day this show drops. So if you want to tune in at 3 o'clock or 3.30 in the afternoon, there's a bunch of games. The Yankees take on the Astros. The Red Sox take on the White Sox. The Cards play the Reds, and the Dodgers play the Brewers. And watching it actually happen, you were really right, Patty. It's not thrilling. It, and nine innings take a half an hour. So it's not a big investment in time. Things move really quickly. They don't show all the pitches. So there's one pitch and then something happens. That something could be a walk or a strikeout or a hit. Um, the graphics are kind of like, you know, 1980s Donkey Kong kind of graphics, not, <laughs> not like MLB The Show at all. And the announcers, if there were good announcers, it would be really fun. These guys are fine, and I just listened to one because that was enough for me. <laughs> but I am definitely going to tune into the Red Sox-White Sox on Tuesday just because Carlton Fisk is on both teams, and he is my yeah. first and forever boyfriend. So I feel like I am obligated to watch that game. 
I like that a lot. And I got to say, looking at these lineups, I kind of I kind of want to throw in for the Reds. Because hmm. the whole like Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, Joe Morgan guys, I think they're all in there. And that's just kind of kind of fun for me. So I, I liked reading the rosters. I liked the exercise of who is the greatest player you've ever had at this position. I like that stuff. But yeah, but actually watching it happen, mm, not so much. But the results are kind of cool. It's like, okay, if these guys really did play those guys, how would it turn out? Yeah, and I'm doubtful because we watched a play where David Ortiz went like running into home and sliding, and I was like sliding head first too. I was like, eh, it's not really a yeah. big poppy move, but a lot of them did make sense. I don't know. The The other thing that I did check up on a teeny, teeny bit was MLB The Show, and this is the thing we've talked about for a few weeks because the first round has one guy from every team. This is one guy presently on every team playing MLB The Show video games against all the other guys on all of the other teams. So for the first round, they all had to play 29 games. And they play three a night or something like that. But I can't do the math. That's a lot for me. They're still playing. <laughs> They're still playing. So the, the playoffs will begin May 1st. So by then, there will be the top eight, and they'll go into the same championship bracket kind of thing. Um, Blake Snell has already clinched. So he will be going on. And he was kind of a ringer from the get-go because he had experience playing this game. And Joey Gallo is one away from clinching. Uh, Gavin Lux from the Dodgers is two out, the Dodgers rookie. Uh, Giolito from the White Sox and Tatis Jr. Uh, I'm so happy to see that he came back. Uh, they're both three out. And then uh, I just had to add in that the Red Sox uh, are rock bottom with Eduardo Rodriguez, who apparently... I don't know. Not doing well. I haven't watched him play. I guess I probably should while I still can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate your service watching, so I don't have to. Thank mm. you for that. I will I will report on the finals. So back in the land of actual baseball not happening, minor leagues, because of the economic horror that's currently happening in the face of the pandemic, has decided to not oppose the contraction of the minor league teams. They are actually in discussions with MLB to have a 120 full season team program. This will mean that 40 teams, something happens to them, whether they're back to that like dream league that we talked about or closing down completely. It also means that some short season teams become full season teams. They did cite the, um, the Aberdeen Ironbirds, as becoming a full season team, which is interesting. I don't know if Cal Ripken owning it has anything to do with that. I was just Maybe. thinking that, like, how did those teams get chosen and Cal Ripken Stadium, right? Isn't it? Right. So, yeah. So I, I they haven't published actually like what, who would go and who would stay in total yet. And discussions are not complete, but minor league baseball, as we talked about the past couple of weeks with, you know, this economic issue this is going to happen, and it's because of the pandemic. There's, they've got no, not, nothing to stand on right now because there, there's going to be no income if they don't get to play. So it's like, yeah, you're right. We've got nothing. They're, they're, it's so depressing. I just saw an article by somebody in Iowa, some politician, no, a minor league dude, a minor league um, front office person in Iowa saying that they think that MLB is using, like, doing this because they can get away with it during the pandemic. Yep. Yep. Which is kind I of agree. Yeesh. That's I absolutely think that that is true. Last week, we also talked about the ripple effect of all of this, the contracted season and the reduced draft on college players. 
And one of the things we said was a lot of the college players who had their seasons cut short are on the phone to the summer wooden bat league teams trying to get on the teams they said no to before so they get some playing time in. Well, the Cape Cod League, which is sort of um, commonly known as the premier wooden bat summer league, has officially canceled their season. They're not going to have a season this year. The Cal Ripken League, which is the one closest to where Potty Mouth and I live, just sent out a note saying, we may push the start to July. We will decide in June what's going to happen. They were unwilling to call it over yet. But I I, appreciate that. I I can't, I can't see it happening. I I don't know how it would happen, but you know, all of these guys have travel plans to think about and, you know, housing to think about. Largely these guys get put up, you know, in host families and stuff. Um, People have jobs. I'm just saying that because my kid's one of those people who works for that league who may or may not, it's a a couple thousand dollars swing in, you know, in finances for the summer if this doesn't happen. So it's really, it's a big deal, but mainly it's a big deal for these players who what are these? These are the up and coming guys. These are the guys who want to get noticed, and they're not going to have that opportunity. We're going to do a little cross training with um, with the NBA, although I don't endorse this. So you may have heard that Georgia and some other states are saying, "Eh, this pandemic's not so bad. Let's open up some businesses." And some of the businesses they're talking about are gyms with courts available. Apparently, a bunch of NBA players started calling. Their GM saying, if I fly to Atlanta, could I go work out in these public gyms that are oh, now open? Oh, no. And, it, and they're like, no, no, God, no. Please do not go into public places. So the GMs got together and said, hey, maybe in those states where these restrictions are eased, we could open our team facilities just to our team members, still not let them do team workouts, but let them come in and do whatever individual workouts they would do. But we could control the environment. A lot of the GMs say, still don't like it, still don't like it. It's that bubble that can be too easily pierced, right? But I think it's, it's for several teams, this is going to happen on May 1st, where they're going to be able to have access to their team facilities for working out. These guys are now all over the country, right? They're not they're not in their, their team home base anymore. They've all gone home. So there's going to be travel involved. There's going to be Whatever. I, I, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't like it, but I think it's going to happen. Some of these guys are going to be working out in their team facilities starting on Friday. That's it seems the logistics seem really crazy because are they going to have to just totally disinfect and clean the facility after each guy works out and have them go in on a rotating basis for the first two weeks? Like if they hold them quarantined there, right? They're not going to know for two weeks. Well, you know, apparently it's not a big issue in Georgia. Georgia's immune to all this. So who knows? Oh, God. Yep. Let's talk about happy things. Let's talk about monkeys and lions. Woo! We have a special segment for you today. I have been going crazy about Taiwanese baseball, and we are lucky enough to have a Taiwanese baseball podcaster here with us on No Crying in Baseball to give us a little bit of the inside story about what's been going on in Taiwan, how things are now. So I would like to warmly welcome Daniel Shi from the Rants with Daniel Shi podcast. Hey, Daniel, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. It's an it's an honor to be invited. <laughs> Super fun. We're yeah. so happy to have you. Um, we start with all of our guests with the same question, which is, tell us about your personal connection with baseball. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I started watching baseball when I was eight years old. 
back then, Cheming Wong was pit winning 19 games for the Yankees two years in a row. Um, and he was like the the one guy from Taiwan that's that's killing in the majors. So at that point, everybody in in Taiwan was a Yankee fan, and I kind of joined that bandwagon. Uh, when unfortunately, when Wong was hurt uh, in 2008, and then it was never the same in 2009. You uh, didn't uh, Yankees did not and did not offer him a contract. I think. Um, he went to the Nationals. Uh, at that point, I think a lot of the people either stopped following because he wasn't as good, or they went to the Nationals uh, just to support Wong. I was at the camp where I stayed with the Yankees, and uh, I just kept on following them um, until uh, until now. So I'm a big Yankee fan. I've, I've, you know, I've decided to to start watching the Yankees. Basically, when they stopped winning championships and they stopped being, you know, you know, the end of the core four, basically, um, and they're they're trying to uh, uh, get another one of those uh, for the foreseeable future. So I, I just want to put this out there to you. We live right outside of D.C., and we are okay. huge Nationals fans. And I want to say it's not too late, Daniel. We can, <laughs> You are welcome to join us. We had a great time last year. We won the World Series last yeah, year. Yeah, I was about the to say congratulations. The Nationals are great. So And I grew up as a Red Sox fan, so I'm really, like, I have a vested interest in pulling you into the Nationals camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I got I to gotta say um, – Obviously, I've been following the Nationals quite closer than other teams because of Wong being there. Um, so I knew Ryan Zimmerman. You know, I probably know more about Ryan Zimmerman than people that are not fan, that are not Nationals fans. Um, I knew about Michael Morse. You know, I, I he's right, an awesome right. guy. Happy to have yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I, he's I got cred, potty mouth. He's got cred. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't quite know about Anthony Rendon. I've heard of him. Um, but obviously, I, I didn't know he was going to be that good. Um, and uh, yeah, so just watching them from, you know, the team that the Phillies and the Braves picked on every single time uh, to, you know, having Strasburg. I remember I was I remember watching the first game for, for Strasburg, his uh, home debut. Fantastic. So, um, yeah, just having Bryce Harper. Thankfully, you let them go. Um, and then uh, <laughs> that's uh, weird. Totally with you on that. So, yeah. you, so you grew up in Taiwan watching baseball. When did yeah. you first? I know that you're studying in the University of Texas now, right, Austin? Yes. Um, when did you come over here, and did you bring baseball with you? Um. So yeah. So I I'm a junior right now. Um, so I I start. I was enrolled in Texas in 2007. September of 2007, 2017. Um, Thank you. That helps with the math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I've been in college for 10 years. I could never graduate. Ugh. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So and, yeah, I definitely brought baseball with me. In fact, um, sports is one of the first things that allowed me to connect with people over there. Um, and, uh, and that's why so I'm, I'm the sports director at Texas Student Television. Um, which is another reason I have a podcast so I can get reps and I want to get into sports media in the future. Um, and the first reasons why I wanted to do this is because I, I love baseball. Like I went in, I was like, I love sports. I know sports. I know, I, I know everything about football. 
which is a disadvantage going to, going into a place like Texas. But I learned, and then I, I, I kind of followed it with, with it, and I kind of, yeah, so uh, yeah, so I definitely brought baseball with me. It was a, it was a really cool thing to, to keep, to have, um, to uh, making new friends. So you talked about you know, being a Yankees fan, and, and a lot of Taiwanese were Yankees fans and maybe Nats fans. What is baseball culture like in Taiwan, sort of across the board, like little league, school teams? Is that is that a big part yeah. of life there? Yeah. So um, yeah. So when I, when I from what I understand, a lot of Americans when they think of uh, Taiwanese baseball, you know, they think of little league. You know, t- Taiwan at one point dominated uh, Williamsport, um, and uh, baseball. I think it it's deeply rooted in the Taiwanese culture in a way that um, it's a it is one of those things that brings national pride or, 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 uh, you know, it's, you know, if you learn a little bit about the Chinese civil war, um, ever since the fifties, the forties, um, the, the, the governing body, which rules the Taiwan, which fled from China, you know, it, it bring a lot of people over, um, they, they need, they needed, they desperately needed something to bring up the national morale. And what happened was uh, before they took up, before Taiwan was handed over to the KMT um, in 45, Japan had developed baseball in Taiwan. Japan, you know, they, they have a big, they, have, they are a big baseball country. Um, and so KMT kind, of, KMT kind of saw that and just kind of saw baseball growing up. Uh, it growing kind of uh, in Taiwan. They're like, this is a fantastic opportunity. They they invited a Japanese team from uh, a school team from Japan to play an elementary school team here, and then the Taiwanese team beat them. It was an elementary school competition, but but that you know that was like one of <laughs> the first so cool. things and that 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 kind of boosted the national morale. And then so the the government just spent money. They spent energy. They, you know they spent the effort to. Uh, to uh, develop baseball, and then as as you know, Taiwan had uh, dominated women's sport and all of the elementary school, middle school, high school, college competitions internationally. And and for the government, for for Taiwanese people, when you're when you're desperate for something like that to prove that you stand, you know, you stand among the the, the greats in the world, baseball was it. Um, so I remember my grandmother always telling me the stories of you know, they wake up at 2 a.m. in the morning to watch Williamsport, you know, to watch, you know, Taiwan play uh, the USA or Japan and they would beat them. And they would they would also hear cheers from outside from their neighbors. So wow. everybody was watching. Um, and so it kind, of, it kind of grew from there. And so you see baseball uh, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, unfortunately, it's not like we're dominant, we're taking over the MLB as we were doing from Williamsport, but but it it wasn't like it's gonna take at, it's gonna take a long time for for baseball to start again if there was a star in, in the MLB. That's why they, Taiwan was a huge baseball uh, baseball fan like as a whole when Chevy Wong was playing for the Yankees, um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, so I guess that kind of explains the start of baseball in Taiwan. That's that's fascinating. And now we've been looking at the Chinese Professional Baseball League, right? The CPBL, yeah. which is getting huge international notoriety just because yeah. they're the only game in town. But what was it like before they were the only game in town? So, did for example, do you follow 
um, the CPBL usually. How how popular is it around around Taiwan? Um, CPBL is it, well. First of all, nobody probably besides uh, soccer and Europe. Nobody kind of compares with the passion that America has with sports. I I don't think. Um, and uh, so it. it it would it would not be fair for me to compare the CPBL with Taiwan versus a college football with America or or the NBA or MLB with America. Um, but uh, there is there are always a decent amount of fans, especially the last couple of years. Um, when it first started, it, it had a it had uh, you know it was very very popular when it first started uh, because Taiwan was uh, the the market. Stanley's market could bear a professional league, and there was there wasn't one until they started one in 1990. Um, what happened was uh, about 10, 15 years into the league, there was a gambling issue where they had uh, um, when they had uh, uh, people buying players to to lose games. Because oh, really? So it's like the White Sox from yes, yes, the Black exactly. Sox as yeah. we call them. Yeah, right. So yeah, so that ha- that happened. And that did not that happened for about it re- continually happened for about five to ten years, and every single year, uh, the the star of the the star of the of the league would get caught. Um, the, the 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 largest the, the most popular player that got caught was uh, in the name of uh, Cao Jinghui, um, who, who pitched for the Rockies. He was a relief pitcher for the Rockies before he came back to Taiwan. And then he signed one of the largest deals in, in CBBL history, but then he still was involved in the scandal. And oh, that put sad. the league in a terrible position at once where nobody was going to the games. They're not getting any revenue. They're, they, 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 you know, the, the largest league, the largest the league ever got to was to six teams. But then the, the last scandal that we know right now kind of cut it down to four. And we've been having four teams ever since. And from that point on, the league had been trying to rebuild itself for the last 10 years, at, and which at this point I think has done a pretty good job um, reclaiming the credibility. Um, but it has long ways to go, I believe, uh, to compete with the Korean baseball organization, especially with and especially with Japan. Um, but I think the, the league, you know, you, you've seen the worst. I've seen the worst of the league. Um, I think. Uh, you can't complain with what the league's doing right now. They're expanding to five next year. So, um, so right now there's a decent amount of popularity. People are com- starting to w- tune in to watch the games. Um, the t- attendance is going up. Um, but now, especially because of the pandemic, uh, the CPBL have been gaining a lot of popularity. So tell us for a second about how the fan bases work. You know, like as you know, here, the cities have their team. And so if you grow up in that city, you live in that city, you root for that team or your family always rooted for that team. And, you know, I've been watching, you know, CPBL for like a minute and a half now. And all I know is, you know, that the, the names are after the sponsors, not after a city. Yes. So yes. are they still regional? How does that work? Um, so if you look at um, Japanese baseball, Korean baseball, the teams are generally named uh, by their sponsors. Um, I think only only a a great plains like the the new world of the United States of America, where you have enough uh, <laughs> where you have enough uh, put, uh, local influence, where you 
make people name their city, uh, make, make people name their teams based on the city. I, I, in my opinion, I, I, I'll be wrong. I can be wrong. Um, but uh, and until probably the last three to four years, and it's not like I've been following the, the league like super closely, but I've been loosely following. It, uh, probably until the last three or four years uh, where people, when the teams actually have established footing in a city, and that started with the Lamigo Monkeys, which is now called the Rakuten Monkeys. Um, they established footing in Taoyuan, um, and then they, they told they told the Taoyuan municipal uh, government that we're gonna claim this stadium. This I think it was I think it's called the English name is Taoyuan Municipal Stadium. We're gonna claim the stadium. We're gonna use it. We're gonna maintain it. We're gonna spend money maintaining it because originally what how it worked was. The league kind of basically rent the stadium from the government who owns the stadium. Like uh, none of the, I don't the corporations. It is not as profitable as the U.S. So they could build one. So 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 the the municipal government builds the stadiums and they maintain it. Um, but obviously that you know that you, you lose you lose uh, as a team you lose profitability profitability if you can't customize it in a way right. So. What the what the monkeys did was we're we gonna claim the stadium we're we gonna we're gonna maintain it so the government doesn't have to they don't have to pay, spend tax pay, taxpayers money on that uh, and they were the, kind of the first ones and then as slowly but surely every other team followed suit so Fubon the, the Fubon Guardians right now they are in Xinjiang which is a new Taipei city right outside of Taipei city. Uh, uh, obviously, um, the monkeys are in Taoyuan, which is about an hour or two hours away from Taipei. Um, the the brothers are in Taichung, which is about two hours, two and a half hours from Taipei. And then the Union Lions are in Tainan, which is, they've been traditionally um, stationed in the south of Taiwan, but I think they've claimed that, the, they claim that Tainan is their home stadium. So, um, so it is the, the you know the, the fact that teams you know claiming a city has been a recent thing. It is not has not been a thing throughout the CBBL history. When CBBL started, the teams weren't that when the teams weren't weren't that rich. You know the the league wasn't that rich, so they they were just trying to 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 threat threat water and survive. So um, they couldn't they couldn't claim a stadium, nor you know they couldn't just build one either. So uh, they kind of had to rent the stadium. So I, th- I found you this week originally because you were looking at international reactions around the CPBL, yeah. right? So yeah. have you had the chance to talk to people? Where have you received information from? Like, is it just the U.S. who's watching or is it bigger bigger than us? Uh, I Surprisingly, um, through this uh, ex- experience, I like there's a decent um, amount of baseball supporters in the U.K. that I did not know of. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of and and I was really confused as of why the MLB is trying to uh, expand in in in, the, in Europe by the London series last year because they had you know I you know I thought they've done a good job expanding to Japan um, but they moved the other way but this time I realized yeah there there's a decent amount of uh, baseball fans so I talked to uh, the woman the woman behind Rakuten Monkeys UK uh, the fan account. Um, I talked to uh, a fan at Tucson in Tucson, Arizona, and then I also talked to another fan in Westchester, New York. So um, I got a, I got a lot of uh, interests uh, of people saying yeah, that they're available. Sure. Um, 
I, you know, I, I got, I got to three. I, um, and I'm kind of, I'm waiting for a response from Eleven Sports, um, which they, they responded by. I was requesting a video, um, but oh, great! Uh, so to, to run the story on Eleven Sports? No, 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 no. Um, I was requesting a video interview from them. Uh, oh, okay. I, and I, they asked for the questions. I kind of sent them the questions, and then they they just went uh, and they, they kind of answered. They gave me the answers. So I was like, if you could do a video interview for that one, that would be great. Um, but uh, so I've been waiting for that. Um, but no, I I I, the, I don't think the story is going to run on elevensports.com. It would have been great, but you know, yeah, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Although they they must be sort of overwhelmed with popularity at this point. I mean, because all of a sudden all these people are tuning into them every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, out of all of the broadcasters that broadcast CBPL domestically in Taiwan, I think Eleven Sports is is the only one that has international influence. And I say, I mean that by um, Eleven Sports is originally a British company, and then they expand uh, expanded, and then they have a station in Taiwan. Um, the the other stations that broadcast CBPL um they're they're domestically uh you know established in taiwan so i think you know obviously eleven sports having a twitter account um and a pretty a, a relatively active one was you know it kind of allowed them to spearhead um its influence through the cbbl um and uh yeah and so i think uh, yeah, I, I think they were shocked that you know seven million watch viewers watched the first five games. That's crazy online. I wonder uh, what that is comparatively, like this time last year. Oh, I mean, I it's it's definitely. I mean, it's there's no comparison. No comparison. I, no comparison. <laughs> um, and in the fact that they have English broadcasts um, yeah. really helped with that too. And that's why Fubon is following suit. China, uh, the CTP, CTPC brothers are following suit. Uni Lions basically just signed a deal with Eleven Sports, like, hey, you can carry our games. Okay. So um, yeah, so you will have uh, bro- English broadcasting for the next uh, for all four teams. So you can just pick one. Well, we already did that. <laughs> I, I was curious what teams you picked. So. Oh my god! I so have here's to, the thing. Yeah, you so, tell this. So Patty Mouth <laughs> likes to pick teams based on not necessarily statistics or great knowledge of the players, okay. but you know something that speaks to her. So I thought I'm going to do that too. I'm a big fan of the monkeys. I'm going monkeys, and am I undefeated? Yes, I am. And I am yes. all monkeys. And for once in my podcasting history, I actually did a teeny teeny bit of research, and it looked like the Lions had had the most amount of champions championships right and then also um there's a a foreign player who this is you know one of my bizarre connections who's the the nephew of the current manager of the red sox right oh my goodness yeah so i was like that's a cosmic connection then i must pick this team but apparently they're tanking right now right yeah they haven't been doing so great the last couple years I'm late to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't follow the. I don't follow the close enough to give you like a reason why they they, they weren't. They haven't been so great lately. But uh, it's because Potty Mouth chose them. <laughs> for this no, season. but because if you look at it, so so the Lamigo Monkeys, which is formerly Rakuten Monkeys, they they the parent company for that team is a domestic. It's called Lanil, who is a domestic company that sells shoes. CTBC Fubon are. 
uh, the, the parent companies are, are into banking and financing. Uh, <laughs> the, the uni president, the corporation, they're, they're, they own Taiwanese, they, they own Starbucks in Taiwan. They, they own 7-Eleven, obviously. So the, so the other three companies, they make a lot of money, just in general. The, the Lanew didn't, couldn't make enough money to, to, to just do it as a social, uh, what's, what's like just kind of do it as a social obligation. So yeah. they needed, so Lamigo needed to somehow break even. So they, so they were trying to win. They were, they were trying to do everything they can to break. Even. CTPC and that's so catty. Like really trying. <laughs> yeah, CTPC like really working and for it. Both recent, more relatively recently bought their teams. I think CTPC bought them in I don't I don't remember the years. Uh, probably five six years ago. I yeah, same as you. I don't do research. Uh, Fubon <laughs> bought their team in 2016, so they obviously, the, the you know the coolest thing is always the the, the newest thing. So they so there's relatively yeah spending, shiny new thing. This is fun, right? Yeah, so they're relatively spending a lot of attention and money on the baseball teams. Is that why the UniLines? Because UniLines is the only team that's that started with the league back in 1990 the uni president. So is that why they haven't been doing so well? I don't know, but the, I mean, if you compare those three teams to the, to the lions, also the lions have, have, to go. We yeah. And back. also the lions haven't been hiring the best managers the last couple of times. Oh. They, they kind of, they kind of swung and missed with their managers. So that kind of, that, that definitely did some damage with the lions, but they have, I would say this though, uh, if you, Oh, if you watch the lions games, you always see the two coaches at the dugout. Uh, you will see a taller one and a shorter one. The taller one, his name is Kao Gong. I think he's the assistant coach right now. He knows what he's doing. He's been the catcher for the Lions for, for the last, you know, he had been the starting catcher for the Lions for 10, 15 years. He wow. he was a, a Chinese Taipei legend in, in international competition. So he knows what he's doing. So I don't think it'll take long for the Lions to figure it what they're doing so yeah so good luck with that so yeah. daniel who's your team are you are you rooting for one team in particular yeah i'm a raccoon fan relatively I, I i i haven't all been the cool it's, kids it's, are i will say this though i don't i don't i don't support the monkeys the way i support the yankees um i don't know what reason, to make with that statement i'm the reverse <laughs> i support the monkeys way more than the yankees <laughs> that could be our episode title <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, the reason why is uh, in back in two thousand seven, I went to the the new bear baseball summer camp, which the the new bears was former was the former team of the Lamigo Monkeys, which is the former team of the Raccoon Monkeys. So I just kind of stayed on stayed on track, stayed with the team since then. <laughs> I like the loyalty, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is one one out of four teams, and uh, the the rebuilding phase isn't that long if you only have four teams. <laughs> That's yeah. totally That's looking true. on the bright side. Yeah. So w- this the um one of the fascinations I think with people watching the CPBL now is the the cutout fans in the ballpark. Yeah. And the mannequins and stuff like yeah. that. How do players feel about that? 
Do you know what what the feeling is among people who are in the league about playing to an empty stadium? Because here, you know, there's been that debate about do we open like that? And a lot of players are saying, I, you know, playing without the fans, that's not my thing. What what about what's the feeling over there? Well, before I start, I don't think the U.S. is at a point where you can start playing even without fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely, uh, we, we're behind you. Absolutely. Yeah, so so I was reading tweets about like, oh, Taiwan's doing it fine, so we should start now. And I'm like, are oh, you no. So, um, and uh, the CBBO is the only league that's playing, and the KBO is starting a couple is is starting I think this weekend, maybe next weekend. Um, but um, the players are def the players from what I'm watching from interviews. I don't know any of them. I don't talk to any of them. Uh, I'm not close with any of them. But from from what I'm reading, um, from what I'm being reading, they're they are happy that they they get to play, they get to compete, they get to go out there and 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 play. Um, and I think also on the side of it, I don't think they've been saying this publicly. I don't think they they have. This is a spotlight they've been dreaming. Seven million viewers in the last five days. In, in the first five games of the 11 sports bro- broadcast. Um, so the players are aware of that, of that huge international audience? Definitely. Um, yeah. It's been all over the news. Uh, again, Taiwan is a small country with, you know, with, we don't, ha- it's not like we have natural resources like, like, like oil, like oil barrel. So, so, you know, we, we, uh, we, I mean, uh, as any country, I think at, in our position, in our size, we're looking for international recognition. We're looking for international uh, 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 reporting. You know, if, if somebody in the U.S. they publish this pub article about Taiwanese anything, it will be picked up by local media. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, the players definitely, I think, they are more than happy to play even in an empty stadium if that means, first of all, that they get to play and people like you guys who probably never heard of the CPPL are Absolutely. watching it and they're they're creating jobs for people like me to come on your podcast <laughs> and talk about the CPPL. That's yeah. a win-win situation. Yeah. That's very oh, cool. Oh, by the way, I'm wearing a Yankee t-shirt. So. Yeah, oh, no. I see that now. Wait, wait, dude, this is my Red Sox hat. So, oh. All right, sorry, I said that too far away from the microphone. This is my Red Sox hat. So we're, we're one-on-one, totally. No, I, yeah. I get it. What I really need is is a, a monkey's shirt to go with yeah. my nationals. Right. Can, can we get merch? What's the getting you know merch situation like? Because boy, that could fund the team for a long time if you get the merch sales <laughs> yeah. internationally. Exactly. Um, I think the one thing that's um, obviously I'm I'm pretty sure they're working on it, um, and they don't have uh, English sites for any of the merches. Uh, unlike the MLB, uh, each team kind of have their own website for their merchandising. Um, and I have a, and I, I kind of organized it. I found the, the link to all four so I can tag y'all again. Uh, oh, cool. Please do. Um, I will say this, though, that I think just on the, off the top of my head, the one thing that will be challenging to, is for them to build an international, you know, uh, uh, they, can, they can easily write a rep, uh, build a website have all the merchandise there. But the, the problem is most countries, I think a lot of countries are not accepting international packages. Right now. Right now. 
But then that people are buying, or people are buying right. it right now. They won't be yeah. buying it probably six months down the line. So the U.S. is not、um, banning, but I mean, obviously they're gonna. The U.S. is probably reducing the amount of packages coming in. They're gonna do a, a lot of you know checks with the thing with the packages. That's you know someday I'm gonna get a lion's hat. Even even when this is all done, <laughs> get get a hat, get a jersey, get a glove, get everything. <laughs> I'm thinking, Daniel, if and when you get to go back to school in Texas, you're going to bring a big suitcase with you, and you're、oh, going to pack it full、yes. of merch, and then we're, <laughs> and then you can sell it out of the suitcase once you get to this country. Dude, that that sounds that sounds amazing. I probably right. I probably would just do that. Yeah. Yes. Put me down for some monkey gear. Absolutely, we, we will take orders ahead of time. Like we will give you our orders ahead of time. You, we will be your first customers.、Uh, you will be paying for your own shipping. I will be paying. I'm a country. <laughs> I'm poor. I will be getting. I'll be. You know. But yeah, I'll be. I mean, yeah, it, uh, yeah. I, it, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen in August, but、um, I'd be happy to help if <laughs> I can. Uh, uh, based on. on Based on my ability, I will try to help people get their stuff if I can. So, so which team shirt is going to say "Champion" on it? Uh, the raccoon,、sure. raccoon monkeys. See, see. Yeah, yeah. I know. Honestly, though, I think they have the deepest uh, roster. Uh, on uh, the Fubon Guardians have the most talent on their top end of the roster, in my opinion.、Um, but the, the monkeys have done a tremendous job. Building talent all over the roster,、um, and again, the reason why is Lamigo, former Raccoon. They they needed to put a good product on the field because they needed to break even.、Um, so they were sending scouts all the way all all the way to the high school level of the Taiwanese、uh, competitions,、um, and Fubon and the brothers are trying to catch up on that.、Um, so that's why、uh, the Guardians.、Um, Hired the manager of the Lamigo monkey, the you know the Lamigo monkeys this off season. So one of the storylines when the Guardians and the monkeys played last weekend was、uh, the so-called、uh, you know the the manager versus the disciple of the the Guardians manager. You know they go head to head. But yeah, but at this point, I don't think the Guardians and the the brothers、um, can compete with the with the monkeys in terms of depth. But In a but the league, lions are going to come back, <laughs> and the lions, yes, yes. But in a fourteen league, anything can happen.、Yeah. So、um, even if you have a, a team that dominated throughout the season,、um, it is a pretty even league, as you can see through the records. Except for the, you know, if you take the raccoon monkeys out of the out of the way, the other three teams, their record seems pretty even. And even in, even though the raccoon、mm-hmm. monkeys are what six and zero right now. Except for like one game or two, their games have. It's not like they've been winning eleven to six. You know, the games have been close. Interesting. Well, I feel like I still have a million questions, but we need to sort of wrap it up a little bit. So、yeah. to, to end it, what would you say is the one thing that you would most want listeners, are, who are our listeners primarily in the United States, to know about the CPBL? Is there any special way? Thing about the play anecdote that you can think of. Um, if you love hitting, if you love late game dramas, if you love teams giving up seven seven run leads in the eighth inning, the CBPO is for you.、Uh, <laughs> 
I yeah. saw that on Twitter in a couple of places. And I've yeah. noticed that too. Like you don't stop watching. That's the coolest thing. You can't stop. You can't leave in the middle of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, if you love cheerleaders on the side, <laughs> not only CPBL for you, KBO will be for you as well. They're starting, I think, on April, uh, on May 5th. Um, it's an Asian baseball thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the CPPL, uh, their their front-end pitching is pretty good. Their back-end pitching was not, isn't that great. If you, you know, if you list all the pitchers, you know, top-end is, is, are, are your foreign players who've been to the MLB. The bottom would be uh, probably rookie ball or single-A level. Um, and the hitting probably is at your double-A level. Right, so um, when when a team is down or when it, when a team is up by seven, you're not gonna put your closer up there. You're not gonna put your setup man. So you're gonna probably put your third or fourth, maybe fifth best arm. Which at that point, anything can happen because uh, pitching depth in a CBPL generally isn't that deep. So you're gonna see. You're probably gonna see. Managers putting out their closer to, to save a five or four run lead because they don't have the arms in the bullpen or they don't have enough um, faith in the bullpen. So there's going to be plot twists. There's going to be unexpected things happening. There's going to be excitement. We are there for it. Daniel, yeah. this was so much fun. I'm so glad you could join us and, you know, start, you start your day with us as we're ending our day here. Yeah. Before I, I go, I need to thank you all for waking me up just in time for the NFL draft because I would not be having waking up at 8 a.m. in the morning just to watch the draft. So thank you for doing that. We call that cross-training. Yes. <laughs> yes. Get any sportsing that you can get in. We are totally for that. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Take care. Thanks, Danny. We had a good time talking with Danny. 8 a.m. for him, 8 p.m. for us. He is the sports director at TSTTV Sports, and he hosts the podcast Rants with Danny She. He can be contacted on Twitter at Daniel underscore She, which is S-H-I-H-88. And I'm sure he would love to hear from you. And we hope he does come back to this country with a suitcase full of lion and monkey swag for us. Yeah, I want that lion hat. <laughs> so you should be getting up early and watching some CPBL like we're doing hopefully listening to some past episodes of No Crying in Baseball and telling your friends if you think they'd like to hear us talk some baseball, please get in touch with us on social media. Talk to us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, and then I can retweet Daniel's information as well. Or you can check us out on Facebook uh, or Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball, or send us an email at ncibpodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth. 